The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode 292 of the podcast. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you're subscribed on one or all of those channels and turn on your notifications so you can find out when the show's going live, like right now. Today's Sunday, September the 11th. The 21st anniversary of one of the most tragic events in our nation's young history. Um, <clears throat> of course, we'll uh, you know we'll never forget what happened on that day. Those of us who lived through it, um, you know, no matter where you were in the world, I'm sure you remember what you were doing. On that day when you found out that the World Trade Center had been attacked. Um, and it, it was it was really a, a dark time for us. The, the positive of it was that uh, we were all able to come together as a country after that happened. And rally behind all the brave men and women who rushed in while everybody else was rushing out. And uh, we'll appreciate them forever and the things that they did. Um, yeah, so there's that. Let's uh, let's talk some some fights, shall we? UFC 279. <clears throat> our, our buddy Bruce. Is firing off right away. 279 sucked. All caps. And was the battle of the washed dudes. Let's just admit it, bro. <laughs> well, it was uh there was a lot of young a lot of young fighters fighting on that card. It was just the uh it was just the main event that uh were were the older gentlemen, which I feel weird saying because I'm about the same age as Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson, so I guess I'm washed also. So I feel pretty clean. I took a shower today. Uh, UFC 279, where do I begin? So much drama revolving around all this, and I don't want to get into recapping it all too much because if you're listening to this show, obviously you know what happened leading up to this event. Um, Kamzat Shemaev was supposed to fight Nate Diaz. He missed weight by seven and a half pounds, and then they had to juggle the card around. As soon as I saw that he missed weight by so much, um, uh, my immediate recommendation was exactly what happened. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there in the internet, uh, about how the UFC planned this all along, or Nate Diaz planned this all along. 
and Chemayev was always going to miss weight. He was never going to fight Nate Diaz. You know, there was a lot of bizarre things that happened because they they added Tony Ferguson to the card pretty late. They added Kevin Holland uh, and Rodriguez pretty late to the card. So, I don't know. And then something happens at the press conference. There's a scuffle backstage between Kevin Holland and Kamzat Shemaev. There's cameras everywhere. Everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Nobody can produce a video of what happened. They canceled the press conference. And uh, they jumbled the card around. Um, I, I put out a tweet suggesting that the card get switched uh, in this very manner. Uh, the only thing I was hesitant on was uh, Jing Liang Li uh, facing Daniel Rodriguez because, you know, he gave up quite a bit of size to him. <clears throat> Let's see. Our buddy Mark says, great to see Nate go out on a high, so to speak. Mark, you know I love the dad jokes. Keep them coming. Uh, Bruce wants to know whatever happened to my co-host, Jeff the Animal Wilson. Yeah, I probably should have led with that. Jeff is currently in Peru on vacation um, because of his profession. He decided to take the summer off and uh, do some traveling. So there's that. He's uh, he's out seeing the world. Uh, if anybody wants to send Jeff some well wishes, feel free to uh, send them my way, and I'll make sure he gets them. Um, yeah, we'll get him back on here. I guess he's uh, he's prioritizing some other things in life. All right, all right. So I don't know. I don't know if the whole thing was fixed. Uh, I can tell you, as someone who has been around this sport for a long time and trained with a lot of fighters and cut weight myself, uh, Chemayev, when he got on the scale, did not look like he had been cutting weight. He looked fully hydrated. Uh, he was like bouncing around. And then when he was interviewed by Joe Rogan, um, <laughs> when he was interviewed by Joe Rogan, he was he was clearly lying about a doctor intervening with his weight cut. And I don't know why he was lying. I don't know what the real story is, but I know he wasn't telling it. Um, it's just, it's just not something that happens. You would have to go talk to a doctor and tell the doctor you were having certain symptoms for them to recommend you not to cut the weight. And any doctor would recommend you not to cut weight because it's horrible for your body. You're like actually killing your body when you're cutting weight and taking all the water away from your organs and your brain. It's just not healthy for you. There's not a doctor on the planet who would say it's a good idea. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the real story was. Um, we may never find out. We're, we're probably get, we're going to have a shit ton of theories. I can promise you that much. Um, I don't know what the real story is, but, uh, I think the consensus was that the card shaped out to be better, uh, after it got shuffled around a little bit, you know, you had Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, two fan favorites, very similar style. Uh, you know, both have a boxing heavy approach. They're, they're both pretty long. Uh, they both have fought at 170 and 155. 
Uh, they both won the Ultimate Fighter. A lot of things in common here. Uh, so, you know, everybody was on board. <laughs> They're like, great. This is, this is going to be a fun matchup. So there we have it. And uh, let's see. I'll pull up. I'll show you guys what I'm looking at here. Like you don't know what happened on this card. Um, so it was a good fight, I thought. Uh, submission for Nate Diaz in the fourth round. Guillotine, tight guillotine. Um, it it was it was a pretty back and forth fight. I mean, Nate was definitely winning, but Tony was doing some damage, you know, especially with those leg kicks. Uh, we saw Nate actually even check a few leg kicks, which is unusual for him. He usually, just eats them. But um, you know, not a bad strategy to have, especially on one day's notice. Uh, you know, Tony obviously is familiar with Nate Diaz, knows he doesn't like checking leg kicks, and that was going to be part of his game plan. Going into the fourth round, his corner told him to take him down and take him down as quick as possible. And, um, you know, took him down right into a guillotine. And Nate Diaz, high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Cesar Gracie. So, um, you know, it was a nice guillotine, too. I mean, he, he's got those long arms, so he can kind of reach through and push his fist across, which makes it super tight. Um, I don't have those uh, physical gifts, so that's not what my guillotine looks like at all. I have to just kind of, you know, use the length of arms that I was given at birth. All right, let's see. So I thought it was I thought it was a fun main event. Uh, the co-main event, not competitive at all. Uh, Chamayev just grabbed Kevin Holland, threw him around the ring for a little bit, and then eventually submitted him. Um, Kevin Holland did a, a pretty decent job defending this choke, but uh, Chamayev was just relentless with it, uh, and it seemed like it seemed like he was looking to get the fight over with quickly. Took him two minutes and 13 seconds. Um, and if you're Kevin Holland, that's just got to be, this has to be like such a brutal loss. I mean, he's he's been talking trash back and forth with Chamaya for what seems like a year or two. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that one's got to, that one's got to sting a little bit. Finally gets him in a catch weight fight. Um, I don't know. Chimaev says he, he wants to fight at 170 and 85, but I don't know, man. It seems like, it seems like he's just a little bit too big. I think, I don't know if he's going to stay at, at 170. I would like to see him in there with like, I, I guess you go like a Sean Brady or, um, Rachmanov would be a fun fight because he's another huge dude. Um, really good grappler, too. So I think that would be a fun fight. Uh, Kevin Holland, I definitely would like to see him stay at 170. So maybe you do Kevin Holland and Vicente Luque, um, you know, both coming off of losses. I think that would be a fun fight. I don't know. What do you guys think? Also, I want to know 
I want to know all the conspiracy theories you guys have about how this card came together. Like, who do you think orchestrated it? Who was behind it? How was it rigged? Who was in on it? I want to know. I want to know all of it. Okay. Taking a little water here. Spent a lot of time out in the sun today. Don't worry, folks. I wore plenty of sunscreen. I'm aware of, uh, I'm aware of my fair skin. And uh, I make sure to uh, keep it safe from those rays, especially here in Florida. Let's see. <clears throat> Daniel Rodriguez and uh, Jing Liang Li split decision for Rodriguez. I believe the only uh, judge who gave it to the leech was um, Big John McCarthy's son, who was judging the fights last night. Um, I I thought the leech had it. I thought you know he landed more clean shots. I thought he he was stifling Rodriguez for most of the fight. Um, you know Rodriguez had his moments. He landed some big shots for sure, uh, and he was using his size to push the leech around a little bit. But um, I don't know. I had this one for the leech. To be honest with you, I, I need to go back and watch it more carefully, but I was surprised that it was a split decision, and then I was even more surprised that uh, the judges had given it to D-Rod. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think the, the leech should have gotten it? I mean, <clears throat> I think one thing we can all agree on is the leech <laughs> probably had the worst week of anybody because – here he takes a short notice fight against Tony Ferguson. He's trying to get a win streak going, goes out, gets himself, gets himself a new suit. You know, he's, he's looking good. He's getting ready for the press conference. And right when he is about to walk out on the stage, they pull him, tell him it's canceled. He just wanted to look, he wanted to look spiffy for his fans. Uh, and they're like, no, not today, buddy. And they, they pull him away and, he doesn't get to wear his suit for, for everybody. And then he ends up having to fight a bigger, stronger, tougher opponent in Daniel Rodriguez, and then probably gets screwed out of the decision. So hopefully the UFC is taking care of him financially. And uh yeah, I, I hope to uh I hope to find out. And it, you know. It's it's got to be tough for the UFC to give out bonuses, and so many people missed weight. Um, and speaking of missing weight, we had uh, Irene Aldana and Macy Chiasson. Uh, this was a very unusual ending to this fight, where Aldana was on her back and and throws an up kick and and hits Chiasson in the liver with her heel, and um. Joe Rogan asked her if she if this is something she practices. Um, to me, this looked like she was on her back and just flailing her legs and happened to connect uh, in just the right spot. And if you've ever been hit in the liver, and it, it, a lot of people didn't know what had happened, uh, Jason Herzog, luckily, who I, I think is the best referee in the game, um, called the fight right away, but I think a lot of people were wondering like if it was a low blow uh, or, or what was going on there. 
Uh, and then when we saw the replay, you could see it hit right in the right in the right spot. So what happens is since your liver is the filter of your body and it's got takes all the toxins, you know, such as alcohol out of your bloodstream, if there's an impact to the liver, what it'll do is it'll release all these toxins into your bloodstream and basically puts your body into shock and your body just shuts down. So, I mean, if she was targeting the liver with her heel, then that's one of the most impressive strikes I've ever witnessed in this sport. Um, but, you know, watching the replay several times, I feel like, she was just kind of kicking hoping to hit something and she happened to hit the exact right spot to put she ass on down. But this was a great fight up till that point too, because Aldana dominated the first round and it, it looked like it was going to be a one-sided beating. And then, uh, she on came back and won a second round. Uh, and then they were a little bit back and forth in a third, but <clears throat> man, um, Aldana's impressive. She's she's good everywhere. She's tough. Um, you know, I think I, I'd like to see her get another couple of fights, but um, I don't I don't see why she wouldn't be in that title talk uh, in in the near future. Uh, she does have that loss to Holly Holm, but you know that's former champion. She won four out of her last five. <clears throat> and she's finishing girls too. She's got power in this division. So fun fight. That was a really fun fight. Uh, Johnny Walker and Eon Kutalaba. Uh, this one did not go the way I anticipated. Um, Johnny Walker showing off some grappling skills. Uh, you know, look out for this guy. Not only is he an explosive striper striker, but now the guy can grapple and his jujitsu actually looks really clean. Uh, I was, I was impressed with this. I, I thought for sure this was going to be a stand up war and it was going to be a matter of, you know, whoever lands first is going to win. Um, but yeah, Johnny Walker had different plan in mind and, uh, gets the submission victory over Kutalaba in the first round. Uh, super impressed. Kutalaba, man, I, I don't know if he's just got a, figure some stuff out or make some changes, but he's got this loss to Johnny Walker. He got submitted by Ryan Spann, which is possibly why Johnny Walker decided to take it to the ground because he knew that he could expose Kutalaba's grappling. He's got the win over Devin Clark, then a draw with Dustin Jacoby, and then back-to-back -back losses over Magabad and Goliath. Granted, one of them was under weird circumstances where like he was kind of rope a doping and the, the fight was stopped. It was weird, but um, Kutalab is a guy I thought was going to be like a real problem. Um, and then I don't know. He just kind of fell off like after that ankle, the first ankle I have fight, which was weird. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> Drinking a High West Double Rye uh, store pick, by the way, for anybody interested. It's like, um, it's got a little bit of that rye spiciness to it, but it's also got, um, 
it's got some kind of wine um like a sherry some kind of sweet wine to it uh that gives it like a real sweetness up front it's nice all right Mark says to keep Kutalaba because he's never in a boring fight. I agree. I, I always look forward to a Kutalaba fight, but um, you know, you just don't want it to get to a point where it's dangerous putting a guy in there against high level competition if he's not uh, if he's not high level, um, which I I still think he is. I I think you know with some minor adjustments and you know getting the right people in to work on his grappling a little bit, um. It'll be fine. Uh, Julian Arosa over Hakeem Dawadu. This was probably the most one-sided fight of the night. Julian Arosa looked phenomenal. And I was saying this last night. I feel like they keep bringing in Julian Arosa, who was on season 22 of The Ultimate Fighter, I believe. They keep bringing him in against these guys that they're trying to build up. You know, he had a little rough patch in 2018, 2019, three straight losses. And then um, the UFC sent him away. He gets one win, and then he takes a short-notice fight against Sean Woodson, who's a guy we know the UFC is pushing. Beats Sean Woodson, submits him. Then he knocks out Nate Landwehr, who we know is tough as hell. Uh, and then Charles Jordan, who... Obviously, the UFC is a big fan of. Submits him as well. Uh, and Hakeem Dawadu, who you know the UFC has been pushing as one of the, the top uh, contender series prospects. So, you know, Julian Arosa is just this guy who wins fights that he's not really supposed to win. And uh, to me, that's, that's super impressive. I always like the guys who... Um, you know, are the underdogs and, and put on performances like this. Um, I think, it, I think it was the best he's looked. This fight was also a catch weight at 150. I'm not sure why. I don't know. I don't know if one of these guys missed. I don't know the backstory there. If, if one of you knows, uh, please fill me in. Uh, another catch weight, 220 pounds, Jalton Almeida and Anton Turkalik. Uh, Turkalj. Um, he calls himself the pleasure man, which I found a little bit creepy. Um, but man, Almeida, this guy is a monster. I, I don't know why they didn't just call this a heavyweight fight. Like, why is 220 pounds a catch weight? That makes no sense to me. Like, if it's not because anything over 205 is heavyweight, 205 to 265 is heavy. This is a heavyweight fight. I don't know why it's called a catch weight. Maybe because one of them missed weight by so much and they didn't want to agree to a heavyweight fight. I, I don't know, but this, it, th I've never seen this before. It's a catch weight that's within another weight class. So why not just call it a heavyweight fight? I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, good luck finding people to fight this fucking guy. Uh, 17 and two. Let's see. 
three wins in the UFC, four if you count uh, the contender series. He's just finishing everybody in the first round. Um, this this guy's an absolute beast. Six four. The guy is shredded. His jujitsu is so good and so technical. I mean, it was not a pleasurable experience for the pleasure man last night. I'll say that much. And let's see. Dennis Tallulan uh, kicked Jamie Pickett in the balls a bunch of times and then uh, knocked him out in the second round. This was a fun fight. Um, you know, Tallulan was pressuring, had a little bit of uh, had a little bit of trouble controlling his weapons. Um, but you know, overall it was a fun fight. And then, uh, I, I think Mike Beltran was like really unhappy with Tallulah. <laughs> it's funny because Beltran, I think he's a good ref, but he definitely wears his emotions on his sleeve, like more than any of them. Like you'll see him when he has to raise one guy's hand, he's like, he'll be rolling his eyes or something. If he doesn't like the guy, like Mike Beltran doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and I think it's it's totally unprofessional, but at the same time, I, I kind of dig it. It's kind of fun. Adds another level. Uh, let's see another guy who missed weight, Chris Barnett. Uh, this this fight was just insanity because uh, Jake Collier probably broke Barnett's jaw, uh, probably broke his orbital. And uh, Barnett just has no quit in him. Comes back, gets the TKO over Jake Collier. Here's two guys who should both definitely be middleweights. Like Barnett is 5'9. Um, you know, we have guys at 5'9 who fight at Bantamweight. Uh, I I don't I I don't know. This guy's super athletic. Like with all that extra weight he carries, he carries, he's still like the guy can move and he's got power, um, but he's got to get it under control a little bit. He's got to get it under control a little bit. Missing weight at heavyweight when you're five nine, like that's a problem. That's not healthy. I'm no nutritionist, but uh, you know, average weight for like a five nine male is probably like 165, 170 pounds, something like that. And I understand he's a pro athlete. He's going to have a lot of muscle on him, but yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to get this under control, Chris. Like, let's get down to like, let's get you to like, you know, 235. That's a good heavyweight weight. You want to stay at heavyweight. Um, let's see. Mark says, at least he can dance and drink two beers at once. Yeah, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Um, let's see. Norman Dumont, unanimous decision over Danielle Wolf. Uh, Alatang, unanimous decision over Chad and Hel and uh, Hellinger. If I didn't, I mean, I saw these fights, but uh, you know, I kind of had them on in the background as I was uh, as I was doing some other things. So, you know, if I missed out on anything, great. Uh, please let me know. Uh, Elise Reed, this girl, 
for Strawweight, she's got like a Dan Henderson like right hand. Uh, she wobbled Melissa Martinez with it in the first round. Credit credit to Martinez, like she looked like very tentative after that, uh, but she stayed in there. Like you know, a lot of a lot of straw weights I think would have went down to that shot, and she ate a, a few more of those right hands as well. So uh, Elise Reed's going to be a problem in this division, I think, um, you know, she, um, she didn't do the, the greatest job of, of closing the distance to land that right hand. But when she does, uh, you know, there are very few women at this weight who have that kind of power. So that's a very interesting weapon. She's still a little green, you know, only eight fights um, and half of her fight experience is in the UFC. Uh, so, but uh, I, I think if she develops a little bit more and, and takes it a little slow, uh, she's, she's going to do great. She's going to have a great career. Um, let's see. Then Johan Lenise split decision over Darian Weeks. Overall, I thought this was a very solid card. Um, I, I would be curious to know, here's, here's the stat I want to know. What were the projected pay-per-view buys when Diaz and Shamayev was going to be the main event? Because they always have projected numbers. You know, how is it, you know, they, they have some formula that they plug in, like, you know, social media buzz and news articles multiplied by the square root of, fucking instagram followers you know divided by something i don't know and they're like well we're gonna get around 1.2 million buys uh as opposed to the actual pay-per-view buys because i have a feeling that after all the drama all the switch around um the pay-per-view buys had to go up because i know people I know people who don't watch MMA never even ask me anything about MMA. And, and I was getting text messages from them. Uh, my wife came home from work on Friday and was like showing me tweets from Kevin Holland. Uh, I was like, how do you know who Kevin Holland is? Because she doesn't follow the sport very co very closely, but, um, yeah, I, I would love to see that stat. The projected buys with the original main event versus the actual buys. And, uh, yeah. And I'm just going to do the unprofessional thing here. I'm going to look up what the bonuses were. Uh, obviously, Nate Diaz must have gotten one. Um, let's see. Jalton Almeida, performance of the night. Okay, so I guess it wasn't him that missed weight. Uh, Johnny Walker, performance of the night. Irene Aldana, performance of the night. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool with all those. I mean, it's tough. It's it's tough to... Uh, uh, I, yeah. 
it's tough to give out bonuses when like so many people don't make weight and don't qualify for the bonuses. So there's that. Let's see. My buddy Matt says, all joking aside, this card was set up like every other card after COVID. They have to have a plan A, B, and C. Lucky for us, it happened to have Diaz and Ferg on it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think what people are saying is that the way it worked out was the plan A, that it was rigged by the UFC or, but you know, some say it was Nate Diaz, like Kevin Holland put that thing on his Instagram story where he said Nate reached out to him weeks ago and he had planned this all along. But you don't know if that's Kevin Holland just looking to get some traffic on his Instagram. Um, and, you know, however it happened, it, it worked out for everybody except uh, Jing Liang Lee. <laughs> Didn't work out for that guy. He got he got screwed worse than anybody you know gets put it doesn't get to wear his suit gets put in there with the with a fucking killer daniel rodriguez wins the fight and then gets screwed out of the decision i don't know i don't know let's see everything possible on the phone says are they going to do something about li jing liang I don't know. I hopefully they gave him. I'm sure. I'm sure they paid him well just to take this fight. Like they probably gave him guaranteed money. It's not like um, this much to fight and this much to win. They probably gave him a guaranteed check for this fight. Uh, and it was probably a lot more than he was going to make to fight Tony Ferguson. That's my guess. And then after the decision, you know, Dana's pretty good about uh, throwing people some extra cash uh, if he thinks the decision wasn't just. I don't know what Dana thought about this one, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it'll, I think they're going to take care of him. And I don't think they're going to hold this loss against him. Um, is it right? No, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is. Like, how do we, how do we fix the judging? It seems like one judge in there got it right. So. Let's see. They also say it's not about money, you know, ranking too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it won't affect his ranking because this, the fight technically wasn't in his weight class. It was a catch weight. Um, so maybe they don't look at that. You know, sometimes if, if like when Adesanya fought up a weight class, they didn't take his 85 pound title away from him when he lost to Jan Blachowicz. So uh, maybe it won't affect his ranking. We'll see. Hopefully not. That would be the right thing. All right. UFC. 279 great card i thought i had a lot of fun watching it um i'm sure all of you did too and i i had a lot of fun with the drama usually i don't give a shit i don't give a shit what's going on and what, like what people say before the weigh-ins or, or whatever like i'm not really i'm just not into that stuff um but i was into it this time i was refreshing my twitter feed just like everybody else um 
only back on social media for a couple of weeks now and I'm already uh already an addict again but that's not true that's not true all right let's take a look ahead let's see what our future holds UFC Fight Night 210 which also is UFC Vegas 60 I believe depending how you're keeping track this one I think it's a great night of fights but I think this is going to be a case of pay-per-view hangover and a lot of people are going to go ahead and skip this one. Like a lot of people were clearing their calendars for Nate Diaz going to parties and all the casual fans on board. And um, this is just one. I feel like even some hardcore fans are going to be like, yeah, you know, I got invited to this party. Um you know, maybe I'll check results on my phone, but I, I don't need to see this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. So main event, bantamweight fight. Uh, who knows what the implication of this fight are? Um, but Corey Sanhagen and Song Yadong, uh, this is this is a great fight. I mean, both of these guys are so well-rounded. I just, I, I don't see, I don't see either of them getting the title fight with a with a win here, even if it's an impressive win. Uh, and you know, because they're both just so quiet and respectful. So I think, like, no matter how this one ends. Sanhagen's going to be a hard sell because Aljamain Sterling just ran through him. So I, I can't see the UFC wanting to put him back in there with Aljamain Sterling, given how the first fight went. Granted, it was, I don't want to say a fluke, but I, I don't think a rematch would go down the same way. Um, but when you have, when you have Cheeto Vera, uh, you know, coming off of a big knockout over Dominic Cruz. He just seems like, and you know, Cheeto's hot right now. He just seems like the smarter option, you know, given, given all the guys you got here. Um, unfortunately, like whoever wins this fight is probably going to draw into a fight with Marab. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I see both of these guys having a hard time with Marab. I see anybody having a hard time with Marab. That guy is just, it seems like a nightmare to deal with. Uh, but this is a good fight. Uh, I feel like if we see, if we see the same Sanhagen that we saw against Marlon Marais and Frankie Edgar, Um, then I would lean towards him, but you know, he's got, he's coming off of back-to-back losses over Dillashaw and Peter Yan. And what's going on with TJ Dillashaw anyway? I'm looking over here. If you guys, you guys are like having a full blown discussion in the comments. So I'm just going to go ahead and address all that, uh, later, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting fight. I just wonder, like, why is it a main event? Like, are one of these guys going to get a title shot? Has that ever been 
Like the more I'm talking through it, the less likely I feel like it is. But the rest of this card is fun. This is a fun card. Giga Chikadze and Sadiq Yusuf. That's going to be a banger, folks. That's going to be that's going to be a really fun fight. I think Chikadze is going to look to redeem himself. I believe his last fight was the Cater fight, yeah, uh, where he just got smothered by Calvin Cater on the feet. Um, so he he's going to look to to kind of like reignite the fear that he was putting in the featherweight division. But, um, you know, Sadiq Yusuf is not a good place to start if you're looking to intimidate people because uh, he's going to be in there and he'll he'll go toe-to-toe with anybody. So that's going to be a fun one. Then you got Chidi Njikawani and Gregory, Gregory Rodriguez. Um, Njikawani, man, this guy is, is so fun to watch. Uh, he's He's actually like one of the guys I look forward to fighting the most right now. He's got three fights in the UFC. If you include his fight on the contender series and they're all knockouts, uh, this guy, he's just one of those guys that he's just got that crazy inexplicable power. He's just so explosive. 14 knockouts on his record. Um, Got into the UFC a little bit late. He's 33. Um, but, you know, at 185, that's not bad. You know, the, the the higher you go up in weight, the the more acceptable it is for you to be a little older. Like, you know, if you're 33 and you're a heavyweight, like you could just start training and that's fine. And it's like in seven, eight years, you know, make your way to the UFC or, or in 15 to 20 years, make your way to Bellator. Um, uh, Tanner Bozier and Rodrigo Nascimento. That's going to be a fun fight as well. Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon. Here's a really good fight. These are two really strong, uh, well-rounded bantamweight fighters here. Aspen Ladd, um, she's another one. She kind of reminds me of uh, Kutalaba in that I thought she was going to be like the big problem to come through in this division. And then, you know, after that flash knockout to Jermaine Durandamy, she had a hard time, you know, getting her sea legs back and she's coming off of back-to-back losses here. But, uh, you know, Sarah McMahon will be a good test for her because, you know, she's, she's been around a while. Um, Wow, Sarah McMahon's 41 years old. I did not know that. Okay. Well, that changes things a little bit. But I, I like that fight. Uh, here's my sleeper pick, folks. Andre Feely and Bill Algio. These guys, these are two scrappers in the featherweight division. This will be an excellent fight. Um, Algio, I feel like a lot of people sleep on this dude. You know, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of unassuming. Um, but you know, quietly, um, racking up some big wins coming off of TKO Herbert Burns. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's always up for a scrap and we know Feely loves to fight. You know, he's just, he's just one of these guys that that's bred for it. 
Uh, let's see what else we got here. Anthony Hernandez and Marc-Andre Barriol. I don't understand why this fight is so far down on the card. That makes no sense to me. Um, but, you know, what do I know? I'm just a guy who drinks whiskey and talks about this stuff on the internet. So, uh, that's a, that's another sleeper fight. I don't understand that at all. Why that's so far down there. Maria Agapova and Jillian Robertson. That's a really fun fight too. And then Tony gravely and against, uh, a guy named Javid Basharat who's 12 and Oh, I'm not familiar with this guy, but I know gravely from uh, the contender series. This guy, Basharat looks like a scary dude. It says he's from England, but he doesn't look British to me. He is 12 and Oh, and he's getting in there with Tony gravely. Who's a, a really solid wrestler. Uh, got a bunch of fights in the ufc already he was on the contender series back in 2019 seemed like it was not that long ago that gravely was on a contender series but yeah he's already got one two three four five, six fights in the ufc wow i felt like he was a lot newer than that but again what do i know what do i know not a whole lot as it turns out Well, folks, I think we've pretty much covered it all. Um, it's kind of tiring talking to myself uh, for an hour. Well, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to all of you fine people out there. But when I don't have somebody else to bounce things off of because the animals, you know, traveling the whole globe, putting pins on his map. And I just don't have the kind of discipline to schedule regular guests <laughs> because I just kind of do this show when I can. Um, in any case, as always, if you want to want to order some merchandise, you can do so through our friends at team Reaper, Reaper one.co and get yourself an MMA on the rocks, tank top, uh, hoodie or t-shirt, uh, or you can go buy any merchandise, uh, from them, support some local fighters, you can use the promo code MMARocks10 to save yourself 10%. Um, <laughs> Cook's Auto World wants to know if we already talked about the leech getting robbed. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, so, yeah. If you want to get some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, go ahead. And uh, Bruce tells me I better watch my back. I will, Bruce. Thank you. I appreciate the warning. He says, I'm going down. All right. Well, I had a good run. In any case, this was fun. I'm glad the show is back. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we had a fun crew uh, to discuss these fights with. And again, tell me all your conspiracy theories. I want to know, you know, who do you think set this up? Was the Illuminati involved in UFC 279? Like, how deep does it go? You know? Was Jeffrey Epstein behind it somehow? Is he still alive? 
I, I want to, whatever wacky theory you want, the wackier, the better, uh, please leave it in the comments on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you guys are. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for everything. Thanks for existing until next time. Cheers, everybody. Bye. <laughs>